Hey, this is the diabolical Sam Triple A. You're listening to Yuck Yuck's podcast, home of champions. Did you know that Yuck Yucks can help you raise thousands of dollars for your charity, club, or organization? Just go to yuckyucks.com and click on fundraising. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com Twitter. and follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. You're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy. I don't think so. Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. With your host, Jake Hirsch. All right, what's going on, my little yuckamaniacs? This is your host, Jake Hirsch. Thank you for joining me on yet another amazing, amazing show. Yeah, can we lower the volume down over here? Jesus. What am I talking about? I'm talking to myself. It's a one-man show over here, people. Anyway, hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. What a great last episode that was. Uh, unbelievable guest. But this week, I'm excited because I've got a bit of an update to the story before I get right into it. Now, the story being this week's guest is Mr. Cal Post. Now, if you haven't heard Cal Post uh, before or his comedy... I really suggest you get out there and you check out his stuff. Uh, this is a guy that I, I, I truly think is a hidden gem. The sarcasm, the uh, just the cadence in which he does his sets, uh, it, is, it was just brilliant. Uh, great comic, huge up-and-comer. I'm telling you guys right now, keep your eye out for Cal Post. Now, here's the story as to what happened. As a lot of you guys know, I am based out west. I'm based out in Calgary. Uh, so, of course, naturally, I would go to the Calgary Yuck Yucks Club. Now, uh, for some reason, or when, I'm not sure what it was, whether it was my schedule or Cal's schedule, we just couldn't find uh, the time to link up in the evening, and I went to go interview him um, at the guest house uh, that afternoon. So we meet up. I go over to the guest house. And it's an automatic, we're on the same level. Dude is just awesome guy. Cool cat. We're hanging out. We're talking. And we're talking before we even hit the record button. We're just going on and on and on. We're talking about alien shows. We're talking about life. We're talking about being on the road. All this type of stuff. Uh, and boom, we just, we start, we start podcasting. Great episode. One of the funniest episodes I've had. Sam Tripoli, absolutely hilarious. Nikki Payne, I, I can't say enough. Anyway, listen, it, it was such a crazy podcast. We ended up going for like an hour and a half longer. I, no, I, we went for three hours. And this is a one-hour episode. The one that you guys are going to hear today is a one-hour one. Now, we're, we've got those ones. We've got those ones tucked away in the old Yuck Yuck podcast archives. And uh, who knows? We might release the, the secret Cal Post interviews uh, you know, at some point in time, the long lost tapes of the Cal Post interview. Maybe we'll hold it until Cal hits the superstardom realm of comedy, and then we can sell it. I don't know, make some money off the guy. No, I'm joking. Uh, no, we had a great time. So, so funny side side story here. As good old Cal and I are wrapping up the podcast session, um, he says to me, "Hey, what are you doing on Thursday, man?" And I, I'm, you know, this is this is Jake Hirsch we're talking about here. I don't I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, much less three days later. So I, I'm I'm like I don't know I, I don't have anything planned that I think of right now. Uh, just probably get up, watch CNN, drink some coffee, and he says, "Hey, 
I, I, you know, I've got this little gig, this little side gig. Why don't you come open for me? <sighs> Go open for Cal Post. Are you kidding me? It's like my fourth time. I told you guys a story last week, right? About me going on the road and my first time and da-da-da, trying to get an appreciation for it. Yeah, he said, hey, man, come do 10 minutes. I said, 10 minutes? I don't... I can't even have a conversation for 10 minutes. Like, that's huge. It's my, my, my fourth time on stage. This is, that, that, will, that, that was my fourth time on stage. I'm, I'm talking now in the past tense because it happened. Calpost and I go down to the wonderful city of Medicine Hat, and uh, I open up for Cal Post. I do, you know, about a seven, eight-minute probably set, and uh, boom, standing O. Nile. Standing O. <laughs> When I got on stage, there was 14 people in the club. Let me, let me, let me just—you guys go ahead. I'll take a few seconds here. You guys can turn the volume back up here. Yes, you heard that correctly. 14 people in the club. Cal gets on stage uh, after me, of course. Four people walk right off the bat. <laughs> Four people get up and leave the establishment right off the bat. Um, I don't know if it was his look. I don't know if uh, it. Uh, I who knows? Maybe it was because it was the NDP uh, that 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 he started going off on. It was a it was a hilarious set, by the way. Uh, no, actually, he he was uh, he was very he was staying very politically neutral. Um, and and there's a, a a fine a fine patron in the crowd of this uh, fine establishment that uh, just went on the attack. Right, just started attacking Cal about politics, and and I don't even think he was really doing that big of a joke about it, but. She got very offended and, and ended up walking out. <laughs> Four people got up and left. Uh, who knows? No, actually, you know what? That lady stayed, actually. That lady stayed, and another group of four actually got up and left. So uh, I think Cal did a, uh, did a set in front of about 10 people. And, I, and right before I got up on stage, I said to Cal, I said, listen, man, I don't know if this is such a good idea. Like, maybe you should just do an hour and, you know, we're good. And Cal looks at me right in the eyes and he says, Jake, this is the best part of the job. And I was completely blown away. I was like, what are you talking about? This is the best part of the job. This is the best part of the job. And I was like, how could this be the best part? How can doing stand-up in front of 14 people be the best part of this job? I, I would think that the best part of this job is, you know, as, you know the, the saddle dome, standing O, you know, like Russell Peters style. You know, Madison Square Garden, standing, you know, annihilated, you know, Dane Cook, Louis C.K., you know, that, I mean, to me, I'm like, how could this be the best part of the job, man? There's like 14 people in here. And he just says, listen, man, if you can get up in a room in front of 14 people and make them laugh, he's like, you can, you can do anything, man. You can do it. Like, it's, it's, it's yours. Like, it's just you and the crowd, man. Go make people laugh. Just be funny. You know, just be funny. And I, I think that was some of the best advice that I had heard. So, hey, Cal Post, thank you, man. What a great experience. And it was a true honor going and opening up for you. And uh, I, I just really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. It's a great one. Here's Cal Post.
you'll watch a uh, uh, you know like Finding Bigfoot or Mystery of the Lock. Oh, I love like, that shit. I love it too, but it's like you know they're not going to fucking find anything it's at the end. Star. But you just you keep watching, and at the end they're like, "So you decide. Did we have enough evidence to?" You know what that is? What is that? That is hope. That's all it is. They're selling us hope. Hope is the thing that made us who we are today, right from evolutionary times when we were a weak animal. Yeah. Uh, Humans' uh, grasp on hope. They do. It's unreal. That is true. In in complete darkness, we'll reach out, trying, hoping for that one thing that'll save us if we grab onto it. Because if you think about it, I mean, that's religion, effectively, right? I just, I was in, uh, like I said, I was just in Kelowna over the weekend and had a buddy of mine say something about religion we started talking about it and he was like oh you mean your imaginary friend is better than my imaginary friend or uh, oh, it was yeah. something like that right and but yeah it's all based off of hope hope we get into someplace better hope that we don't Are you religious uh i'm jewish and i'm kind of a lazy oh, you're just Jew. In a club i'm just in a club <laughs> that's all you're in <laughs> i'm a lazy jew I'm a lazy Jew. Most Definitely. Are. Yeah. You know what? And it's funny, actually, with the, the amount of interviews that I've done, I've talked to a lot of people, and they all seem to give up religion when they make it big. Either they're, like, really mm. into it, or they're really off of it. Mm. A lot of people that no, I've Everyone interviewed. thanks God when they get that Oscar. That's true, too, Fuck actually. You. That's true. It might just be a lot of up-and-coming people that think it's not cool. I don't know. Comics tend to give it up. Yeah. Maybe it's just comedians. Um, but that's because of this, the ridiculousness. Old Testament aside, is brutal. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you somebody that talking like snake and fucking <laughs> ark? I, I was and, uh, ten reading that, going, "This is bullshit." <laughs> you knew right off the bat. <laughs> Am I going to believe in Doctor Seuss too? Were, like, <laughs> were your parents pretty religious, or no? Well, my father wasn't right, but I think he still harbored the fear, right? Because I think his his parents were religious. Okay. So they put the fear of... of my uh, mother was religious, but she liked playing with the Bible. So she liked making up her own reasons things happened. So she believed it. <laughs> Give me an example Like when, when Jesus came back, he came down in a cloud, right? When he came back to the people two right. days later. Oh, no, right. sorry. He was found by a beach. And right. then he ascended on a cloud. He ascended up, yeah. So uh, my mother used to love it. So she just goes, she'd look at me and go, you know, Jesus, he's an alien. <laughs> you read it. They say cloud, but they didn't know how to explain it. They said it had, like, feet and shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she used to love saying... I think that's where my love of aliens comes from, is because she really thought aliens... She was the first person I ever heard talk about ancient aliens. Like they were... Like they've been around legit. for thousands of years. Wow, really? Well before there was ever a TV show. This is, you know, back in like the early 90s, late right. 80s. I mean, it's after... Uh, uh, what's that fuck's book? Was it L. Ron Hubbard? No, well... It was after that. Yeah. But... Uh, I was going to say Kurt Vonnegut, but he's actually a well-respected writer. Not the guy I'm thinking of. doesn't fucking matter. It's a shit, <laughs> bullshit, ancient aliens book. There's a great documentary on Netflix right now called Debunking Ancient Aliens. I haven't heard that. And it's a documentary that just goes through the TV show and tears it all apart. Really? So good. I'm going to have to check that out. I'll just right away, they're just like right off the top. Anytime they go, and this stone can only be cut with hard diamond. <laughs> they obviously had laser cutting tools. So it just makes you think like, whoa, this... Yeah, how did they... And, you know, 300 tons of, of rock. rock. How did they put yeah. it up? And right off the top, it's like, that rock actually is uh, really soft. <laughs> it's some of the softest it's like clay. rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no you way. can cut through that with your fingernail. Fuck you. <laughs> And because it's so soft, it's actually not that heavy. Not that hard for you to haul across. So funny. I, the ancient aliens, they just flat out lie. 
So they just like they just get off on just debunking every. Oh, dude, it's just entertainment. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Fun shit. I like being scared like that. Thinking it's freaky. Thinking aliens just walking around. Yeah. In your bedroom. That's true. Like I, I think it, ingenuity. But in, yeah, yeah. I think uh, who was it? Or it was somebody that Joe Rogan was talking to. Maybe it was like Adam Carolla or something like that. They were talking about how humans are the only species that if we see something. Like like most animals, like a shark, like if they if they or like a whale or whatever, if they swim by like a hole in the ocean floor, they don't look at it and be like, oh, I wonder what's down there. Like it's either if if there's something to eat or there's something to have sex with. There that's are, just brain size, though. That's not, is that? Yeah, that's just brain size. That's just intuition as to what they have. Yeah, as yeah. far if as your brain, shark, right? your brain's so much smaller; it doesn't have the computing power. capacity to to figure out like to get that far. I don't have mystery. In, but then you in, can get into what you think a brain is. Yeah, you know, people want to be uh, you know spiritual or magical about it. Like uh, yeah. consciousness is special. Yeah, and really, all it is is a collection of neural signals that work in such a way. Consciousness actually isn't real; it's right. a product of having such a complicated brain. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy shit. Uh, there's an, the theory. There's a great theory I read about why we have consciousness, mm-hmm. and uh, we are a creature that when we look at something in our minds, in our mind's eye, we build a 3D model of it. Right. So the first time you see a lamp, you go, "That's a lamp," and then you when you, you can picture a lamp. Right. Right. To such a degree too that if you see another lamp, it doesn't even have to look the same. Wow. But you'll still recognize it. You have this 3D. Right. So there's this theory that consciousness is just us when we saw ourselves. Right made a 3D model of ourselves, we have an image of who we are in our brain. Right. And what would that be? That's some crazy shit. That, that, that's what triggers yeah. consciousness. That's crazy. But who's who's the probably, fuck who knows? Who knows, man? Who gives a shit? Let's talk about dick jokes. That's pretty deep, man. I like that. I like to have to think like that. You know, like I don't work out my you brain You know what bothers enough, me when right? I like talking about deep shit like that? Yeah. But ultimately, I also know I'm pretty much retarded. <laughs> You know what? You could be on the cusp of genius too, though, right? I not likely. Not likely. I know. I know. If I talk <laughs> to go anyone the way. who, you know, if I went to Harvard and talked to any one astrophysicist, they'd, they'd, they'd be like, "You're practically a chimp. <laughs> you're nothing. You haven't evolved at all." Yeah, I, and I know that doesn't mean. It. But you should still talk about shit, even if you don't know. You what You should, you're talking man. About. Absolutely. I think. It, I think it works out the That's brain in better ways, anyway. man. Definitely. Cal Post is my guest today. What's man? Hello. This is your third time in Calgary. Yeah. And uh, is it a city that you look forward to coming to? You've toured around. You've- I have the same opinion, kind of about Calgary's a little better. Yeah, um, but Edmonton, I just they feel like big suburbs. Yeah, like it just never ends. It just keeps on. Yeah, going yeah I just going feel around. you know they are. I think they're how they're built up. They're newer than right. a lot of the coastal cities. Sure. So yeah, when I come here, it's like ah, you. I feel like I'm a teenager in the mall. The mall days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 At the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's gonna come pick you up at six o'clock. Meet me at the South End door. Yeah, so I have no real positive or negative feelings towards. The city. I know when I go to the Calgary club, they're gonna get me drunk. I look forward to that. Right, that's right. fun. And the crowds in Calgary are great. Edmonton's a bit more ruckus. I think it's more blue collar. I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day about uh, uh, Edmonton seems a bit more blue collar, bit more working man. Calgary seems a bit more white collar, bit more professional. Right. Has that been your experience? Yeah, pretty much. You know what the thing about blue collar in Edmonton, though? What's that? They're all fucking rich. Oh yeah, they make a lot of money, man. So that kind of blue collar, uh, it's great uh, mentality mixed with the ego, right, of a rich person. Yeah, it just makes for these fucking animals. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. Before you'd be able to keep the working man down a little bit because you're like, you're not on my level, son. Well, there was you don't some make humility and hard work, too. Like, yeah, yeah, I just go out there and do what I got to do. Yeah. <laughs> These guys come up and they're like, I do what I got to do and I have eight motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> keep telling your jokes in a truck bigger than your man. house yeah exactly exactly do you find you got to prepare like I mean obviously you've been across Canada you've toured lots and stuff like that you've hit up lots of clubs uh, which one do you prefer do you prefer crowds that are intellectual do you prefer crowds that are just you know Dude, I love all for crowds the yeah I'm one of these yeah I'm not uh, picky with I just love performing yeah um, that's where it starts and it's when you have an audience you're not used to making laugh right then you get that challenge and they get, you get nervous again. Yeah, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Like, how do I win these people? What do I talk about? Right. And in you know, most cases, it's just absolutely being yourself. Right, right. I try to talk to audiences the way I talk to new people. Right. Like the way I talk to you. I never met you before. Yeah. And you came in. I try to talk to people just like, like that. Just like normal. Yeah, just yeah. casual and... Right. But yeah, no desire. Like, I have to make them laugh. Like, ah, let's just make them my friend. <laughs> and then doing that, I'll probably make them laugh. Yeah, win them over. Yeah, that's pretty brilliant stuff. Well, t- well, take me back, man. How did all this start for you? Because you are you're from Ontario, and mm-hmm. uh, obviously you're out of Toronto now. But uh, take me back to the beginning. Tell me about Little Cal. What, what this is what? the first time I've done a podcast where it's like an interview podcast. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's like all right. I you like you just start talking about stuff. my parents. Like and then they were divorced. How did you feel about that? <laughs> this is like yeah, those Sports Illustrated ones where they try to get the person to cry all the time. Uh, you know, uh, son of a single single mother worked four jobs, right. and uh, it's also yeah. strange too because to do a, a life interview. Yeah, and I'm only really eight years in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like my life in comedy is like this short. <laughs> but you know what? If I was That's inside funny, the though, actor studio, it'd be ten minutes long. Then they go, really? Get the fuck out of here. But you know what? I've I've talked to so many comedians, and it's that's a that's a very funny, uh, very common theme with them. Is I've only been in comedy for eight years. I've only been in comedy for ten years. I've only been in comedy for. And I'm like, Jesus, that's a pretty that's an interesting profession where uh, people think that oh, only eight years in, I'm not you know. It's one of the few art forms, right? Where it's appreciated in its age. Yeah. So longer you do it, like our best comedians right now in North America, and not just uh, including Canada. I mean, you have in Canada, you have Derek Edwards and Mike Wilmot, right? Who are beasts, right? Beasts, yeah. So funny, you know. And they're both in their fifties, yeah, doing it. Yeah, Louis C.K. the best comic on the planet, arguably, right? He's he's up on fifty, I think, almost forty eight, forty nine. Bill Burr in his forties, yeah, yeah. And they're all guys who've already put twenty, twenty five years in. Yeah, that's a so long it, time. It gets better. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the, Joan Rivers was eighty and still doing still, it, and still, still out up. there slaying it. Yeah, I saw um, who was it? Uh, like Don Rickles, right? I mean, that's a guy who just—I mean, obviously they're not doing it because they need the money. They're doing it obviously because it's like an appreciation yeah, you never of the art. If you need money, you don't. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it. Story of my life. Uh, but yeah, like it's it is. It's an art form that's definitely appreciated and matured over time. And I think the more you do it, and the longer you've been doing it, obviously the better you are at it. But but it, uh, is that uh, so? Take me back. How did you get into comedy, man? Like, yes, you're young, but uh, but let's let's do the life piece here. Let's uh, uh, let's put it all together. Well, you go right back to when I I decided when I wanted to be an entertainer. When how old were when you? I wanted when to be an actor. After? I was. I would have been grade grade. Four. Five. Grade five. Yeah. 
And were you were you no a grade per- six? Sorry, it was grade six. Were you a performer growing up? Were you always nope. in front of the kitchen table doing stuff? No, or? I was always just a short little weirdo kid. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of energy, really manic. Right. So uh, as a kid, I wasn't the class clown or anything, but I would, right. I'd do crazy stuff. You'd always be the the one to, to yeah yeah to jump, jump off something firstly. high or <laughs> jump a bicycle or something like that, like crazy. Yeah, Cal do it, <laughs> and that all came out of me wanting to impress people. Yeah, and if that's how I had to do it. That's how you did it. That's how I did it. And then in grade six, I saw Dumb and Dumber. Really? And that was kind of your, the first time you were like, wow, this could be yeah. a really comedy performance piece here. And I love that movie. And my parents divorced at that time. So my father and I would watch and just laugh our asses off. Wow. That's where I got my vulgar sense of humor. Right, right. There's so many fart jokes in that movie. And yeah. Shit jokes. And oh, yeah, yeah. Some violence against women jokes in that movie <laughs> that I fucking laugh at so hard. And to this day, like any time in a movie where a woman gets slapped, right. it makes me laugh. Does it's <laughs> really inappropriate. It's really bad. No, but I think there's appreciation for like that old school slapstick comedy of, of you know, I, I, I appreciate physical comedy and a lot of stuff with those type. And they're not like, I'm not laughing because they're innuendos of like, oh, okay, well, it's funny that it's, there's violence against women. I'm laughing because it's just funny slapstick comedy it well, for me funny. I think it's funny because it's fucking shocking <laughs> like, hitting a woman is a crazy thing to do I've always known that I've never hit a woman ever in my life right right and thinking about it like it, the what kind of brain do you have right where like I'm gonna smash this woman in the face that's crazy like, you shit. have to be a crazy so whenever I see it uh, in a movie it just ma- makes me laugh <laughs> you should never see it it's just shocking it's just hilarious Tell me about your parents, man. Were they, uh, I mean, like right around this performance time when you started seeing Dumb and Dumber, uh, I mean, were they big influences for you, comedy-wise? No. No? No, no. Straight up. They're both interesting people. Right. But no, they're not people. My father uh, could do some voices. Okay. Used to crack me up. Right. Um, I learned how to create from him Mm -hmm. because he's uh, talented in so many different things. You know, he he can paint. He's a brilliant painter. He played in, he's a musician. That's what he does. Oh, cool. So he's toured around. Like I have all over the country doing music. Wow. But like a comic, like not for a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, he could rebuild a car engine. Anything he wanted to do, he figured it out. He could do it. And he didn't, and he didn't have the internet. He didn't. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that. Just man. tinker and toy. Yeah, take. Uh, he knew how to fix a circuit board. That's crazy stuff. I don't stuff. know how to do that. And I'm yeah. interested in that shit. <laughs> No, but it's true though, man. There's, uh, you know what? I think part of that uh, Renaissance man thing is uh, is not as popular anymore. Um, yeah, my dad was the same exact way, right? You yeah. can, you know, like any, he wanted to build a planter box, he'd figure out how to build a planter box, or you know, fix a car, or do whatever, fix a washing machine. And uh, yeah, people don't understand that, man. It's just whip it's a lost art. It's a lost thing. People having to fix your own home doesn't happen anymore. No, it's always calling the professional all the time. That's yeah, yeah. crazy. And a lot of time, half the time, that's government going. You're not allowed to dink with your own house. Right. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to... standards yeah. and... Absolutely. Government. <laughs> Get off my property. Get off my property. I'm just, uh, that's a whole other fucking podcast about <laughs> gun control I was going to get into. But my mother gave me, my, uh, gave me a couple of things. One mm-hmm. that I don't like and one that I really like. Right. Uh, she gave me uh, no fear right. of saying whatever I wanted to say. Yeah. Because that's how she was. She's like, she just would say whatever. Right. And the problem with that is if you don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> you come off like an ig- ignorant prick. <laughs> and I have that for my mother, too. <laughs> so I just, like, I'll just 
somebody in a conversation well over my head. I'm like, yeah, but this fucking asshole <laughs> is a cunt. We're talking about the queen, Cal. <laughs> nah, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. As long as you can keep up a good argument, man, you're still in the game. Absolutely. Oh, that is dynamite, man. So obviously your parent. What about brothers and sisters? Did, did, uh, what? What? Ins- well, I got a lot of those. It? Do you? Oh yeah. 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 I got an older sister, younger brother, younger sister, younger brother, younger sister. Wow. My father got busy. He yeah. Three Rolling Stone. Women. Well, he's a musician, man. So those guys, yeah. are, they don't mess around too much, man. Those it's guys so weird. Are... I've never been fucked on the road. <laughs> never, not once. He which was I in think... a goddamn cover band which... playing not even his own songs. <laughs> Something about musicians, man. Women absolutely love. It's the energy. It's got to be. Yeah, yeah. You play an uppy. You play an uppy. Fucking dance, jazz tune yeah. at a bar. Everyone dancing. Yeah. Just yeah. And I think there's that. Uh, and I think afterwards, I think musicians are just known as like, oh, yeah, you know, there's going to be a party with those guys after the after they shut down the. Place. It also helps that their coolest guitar players, like on the top end. Yeah. Are fucking the coolest motherfuckers on the planet. Definitely. As well. Yeah. And Mick Jagger's. Keith Richards. Oh, yeah. Like, they're just cool motherfuckers. Absolutely, man. Who's, there's no cool comics. No. And, like, and they're comics that I think are cool. Right. But it's like a subculture yeah, yeah. of people have, that we yeah, think fat, that are bold, cool. Red-headed Louis C.K. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a disgruntled, upset Mark Marin. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. 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 It's, not, uh, it's not a sexy line of work. Where's our James Dean sure. smoking a cigarette on a motorcycle? <laughs> Cal Post, the so. comedy album. <laughs> I'm going to do the most serious comedy album ever. You should. Yeah, and go up there fucking... and just... Yeah, you should, man. That'd be dynamite. So, I think Lenny Bruce or Pryor. Pryor was cool. Pryor yeah. was cool shit. Murphy Did you have cool those too. influences at all? Were you, the, were you that Martin kid? Steve was big. Yeah? Yeah. Like watching The Jerk for the first time? What was that? No, it was stand-up. Oh, really? As a kid, yeah. I never yeah. saw The Jerk till I was much older. Wow. It was fucking funny as shit. But, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, Steve Martin was big. Louis Anderson... I, when I was a little kid, right. his stand-up special floored me. Yeah. He's such a weird-looking... He is, and he talks... Uh, he has a real weird cadence when he talks, too. Yeah, but he looks uh, like he's castrated as a small yeah. <laughs> So we got to keep that singing voice pretty. <laughs> Snap. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that is um, true. My, yeah, and uh, really liked Carlin. Right. Because my dad liked Carlin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those comics were cool back then. They're kind of anti-establishment guys. Yeah, and that's kind of a lost thing now, too. Yeah, I, 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 I found that. Yeah, There's I've, not as nearly many, as many comics. Do you think that's a, that's a States thing? Because there's a lot of people in the States that, that, uh, that kind of that go after, you know, their comedy is very politically driven. Hmm. Uh, Canada, though, it doesn't seem to be a ton of comics here that are really overly... Well, even in the States, it's dwindling, too. It is dwindling a bit. People are so docile to the government. There's no real counterculture anymore. Right. I mean, the closest thing I think we have, maybe it's because I'm directly in it, is uh, like our weed prohibition protests. Sure. Like that's as close as I can see to a, like a proper counterculture. Right, right. But people have become so docile with government in the States too. Like they're just like yeah. both parties, go fuck yourself. Do you think though that, I mean, but like, let's talk about that for a second because uh, do you think it's, it's that the counterculture is slowly kind of relaxing or is it that the government has allowed more things to happen? Because if you look back, like twenty years ago, if you had if you had a president or if you had a prime minister that ran on the ran on the platform of uh, same sex marriage, um, marijuana legalization, stuff like that, I mean, 
they would be probably laughed out of office. Like, they wouldn't even have a prayer. How long ago was this? It's like Reagan, Bush era, right? Right, right, right. I guess like 20, well, you know, 30 years ago, something like that, yeah, right? But we can't keep comparing. No, we can't. But, I mean, do you think that we would... We've, we've definitely gotten we've, better. We've, yeah, but we're uh, not, I mean, what, we're not the great. The main difference is that people have um, stimulus faster right. than we've ever had it. Right. And, you know, politics in Canada is not the most interesting to begin with. But I, I don't know, because I just did this podcast on Saturday, on Sunday where we talked about that. And we were talking about, um, is it not fascinating or is it that we don't make it fascinating? Because we have a lot of shit that happens in Canada that there's... Definitely a seedy underbelly to politics here. For one thing, I don't think politics should be entertained. <laughs> I think you just wrote a bit right there. Yeah, it man. should not be fun to watch. It's government. It shouldn't be on TV. It TMZ. should be boring and right. dull right. and informative. Right. What's we lost is people's interest in that. Right. Because it's not entertaining. We make it, yeah. Which is sad, because it shouldn't be looked at as an, a value of entertainment. It should be looked at as a sense of responsibility. Right. I'm responsible to, for, to help for making manage a good lives. government. Sure. And that's why we all take part, and that's why we should want to. Right. But it, it's become, oh, it's not entertaining. I don't even want to fucking bother with this right. bullshit. <laughs> right. Unless fucking liberal leader is a good-looking dude, but he might be fucking stupid. We don't right. know. Right, exactly. That's what people care about. Yeah. Can I have a drink with this guy? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> have a drink with this guy. He's got work to do. I don't want him drinking at all. Yeah, definitely. That's He's only people, running the country. Yeah, yeah people want their deal. friends right. to run the It's like, no, you don't. I want right. someone better than me. Yeah. A lot better and a lot smarter. Yeah. That's, that's a good point, man. That's but we pull point. all our politicians out of fucking lawyers. They're all mm-hmm. lawyers. They've the all got that background. people yeah. with the scummiest industry. That's true. They built a language that no one can understand but them. Right. And then hold us all hostage by it. And that's why they make so much goddamn money. Yeah. And I'm not saying there aren't good lawyers. There's some lawyers that work real cheap and they don't have to and they help people. They sure. really try. Right. But they're, they're heroes in a corrupt system. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They have to be civil rights lawyers. They have to be, uh, mm-hmm. you know, wrongly accused lawyers and I'm stuff sure like one that. day I'm going to fucking need a lawyer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're going to they're come running after hearing this I'm podcast. Say the wrong thing. <laughs> oh, man. So take me through... You came from a small town. Yeah. So you're growing up. You're you're seeing some of this stuff. You're, you're kind of getting a, a bit of a... I started doing theater. Theater was the first thing. I was started. that the outlet for you? Yeah, because the school offered that. They had a drama course. My high school had a big drama course. Oh, good. So, so I dedicated a... all my time pretty much to putting on shows and... What kind of shows did you put on back then? What oh, were some I of the, directed like, a couple of like, sh- like that. I or? did. I was Kanicki in Greece. Oh, nice. Really nice. the shortest guy in the cast playing the tough guy. <laughs> Fucking made me laugh all the time. <laughs> I could act. I was a terrible singer, though. Still am. Just yeah. the worst singer in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did that. I directed a few uh, condensed versions of Shakespeare. Right. Like A Midsummer Night's Dream and uh, Much Ado About Nothing. That was really fun. I did Much Ado About Nothing as well. What were you like when you were written, ready to, to leave high school? What was your ticket out? Were you, did you know Ooh, yeah. this isn't where I wanted to be? I, uh, I applied for a bunch of different universities for theater. Right. Because I was like, I want to be an actor. Yeah. But I refused to go to a theater college for some fucking reason. Just didn't want. I don't know. I was eighteen. Just like I'm not going to. Like I felt like colleges were gross. Right. Like, why would I waste my time going to a college when I should be at a university? Right. Right. Um, but I didn't have uh, my grades were too poor. Right. Which for some reason math and science grades matter to art. Right. Oh, he can act, but his math is shit, so he can't be on our course. <laughs> 
It's like I just got to count pages on a script. <laughs> Fuck off. But so I didn't get accepted any of those, and I wasn't really that surprised. Right. Uh, and then I applied to Humber Comedy as well, which is a college. Yeah. But what sold me on it was it was the only one. Right, right. And I, in my little brain, I'm like, oh, everyone's trying to get in. Right. So I'm going to try too, and if I get in, that makes me special. Right. Uh, hey, were, you, were you still living in a small town when you started applying for all that stuff? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So was that your ticket out? Did you think this was, this oh, was going to yeah. be Oh, yeah, government OSAP, man. That was it. Yeah, they gave me 20 grand. Wow. Yeah, yeah, because I come from a broke-ass family. Wow. So that was your that was your ticket. Mm-hmm. That was your ticket. And so you went on to Humber? Went to Humber, did stand-up the first week I was there. Wow. And that was the scariest thing to me, because I'd never done stand-up. I used to call stand-up yuck yucks. Really? That's the small town I'm from. It was kind of synonymous yeah. with that was what Are you Are you doing com- the yuck yucks tonight? <laughs> so you hear a lot of that in a small town. Right. The yuck yucks. Yeah. This other guy came through here doing yuck yucks. It's like, no, he that's not a yuck yucks guy. They don't even understand it's a... It's, it's actual a brand name. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. how synonymous it is in some places. Wow. They just call it by that. That's crazy. That's amazing. So I did stay up the very first week I was here. Yeah. And just out of... Just out of the, because the, our teacher, Larry, he goes, uh, we're doing some sign-ups this week for stand-ups. So you want to do stand-up? I hadn't, I hadn't written a joke. I no, had nothing. Zero I was material. Just I was like, yeah, I'll do it. No way. Yeah, just because uh, whenever I'm that afraid, I'm very impulsive. Like, it's either jump in or run away. Right, right. And I just jumped in. I was like, fuck it. And you just kind of rose to the Rode five minutes that night. Right. Rehearsed it, rehearsed it, rehearsed it, rehearsed it for the next two days. Uh, did the... Uh, did the show four minutes, five minutes, four minutes. Right. Got one laugh. On the that was it. One laugh. <laughs> and that was it. I, I came off glowing. What? Like I came off stage like, like I, I killed it. in a theater. Cr- like 25,000 people. Just, <laughs> Standing I got low. one laugh. That wasn't big either. People no just went, way. <laughs> That's like one guy probably. Just, so like, uh, tell, take, take me through that. When you're up on stage and you, you're, you're dishing out two or three, you're a couple minutes in. And you're not getting the response. Are you freaking out? Well, dude, but I'm, I was used to doing theater. So you weren't... So there's no real audience. Right. You're not dependent... When you do theater, you don't... At first, you're not dependent on a crowd reaction to right. keep going. You right. keep going no matter what. Right. And you're playing with your friends. You're playing with other players. So yeah. it's, it's different. Your dependency on an audience is not really there. Sure. So I, then, when I performed that first time, that was strictly a performance piece. Right. And I... Treated it like theater. Right. Interesting. That's an interesting angle at it. Yeah. So then I, when I, I got off and I had that stupid little laugh and I was right. like, that was amazing. <laughs> and then I didn't do stand up again for a long time. Really? Yeah. Like how long? Well, I did one more set like two weeks later and right. bombed. It was the first time like <laughs> I felt it. Like I fucked up. It was immediately too. Oh. Bomb just bombed so fucking hard. No way. And Freddie at the club, I love Freddie at the club. I've known him for many, many years. But the first, he doesn't even remember the first time he met me, and this was the time. Right. And he pulls me into his office afterwards, and he just goes, no one wants to see that Jim Carrey bullshit. <laughs> fucking knock it off. <laughs> just laid it out. And then I think I did a couple more sets at open mics. Right. Uh, same response. I, at that point, I wanted to be Bill Hicks. Yeah, yeah. And so that shit was because all these topics I had no understanding of. Right. Let alone had no ability to write a joke. Still didn't know how to do that. Yeah. Tackling these huge topics. Right, like right. AIDS in Africa. Like, I know anything. <laughs> I'm 31. I still know nothing about AIDS in Africa aside that they have it. Other than that, I don't know what's going on over there. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Oh. Bomb had a guy want to beat me up. 
No Which way. I've had a few times in my career. It's so odd. I, I've sometimes heard this I, I I've hit heard... people just the wrong way. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. I heard a story out in uh, out in Kelowna about uh, some bikers took a took a guy comedian off and like beat the shit out of him because he was laying it into him pretty good. Uh, I interviewed Sam Tripoli, and he's like, "I've had chairs thrown at me, shot glasses, like." Oh, we don't get those cowboys out either. <laughs> I told you, the, the combination of blue collar and money, and man. money, yeah. I can throw a chair. I'll buy another chair. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Oh, man. That's amazing, though, man. That's uh, that's So it, it was almost like uh, it was really trial by a fire when you started out. It was just, I'm going to go up there, I'm going to give it a shot, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But but obviously, you ended up sticking, sticking with it. Well, I didn't do it for... Uh... I took big breaks in between doing it, like yeah. months and months and months. And uh, so that was, I was 19 then. Finished out school. What uh, was paying the bills back then? Ooh, OSAP lasted me a long time. That yeah. lasted me the whole, the whole run school. And it lasted me. I've always been really frugal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm really good with money. I'm good at saving money. If right. I need money for something. Always got a backup plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I work purely in cash, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I... I've always got. I shouldn't even say this out loud. I was going to say so I've always got stacks of cash in my house somewhere that I'm just saving, just piles. <laughs> I guess that seems kind of crazy too. But uh, yeah, I've always been good with money, so it lasted me a long time. Then I got a job at uh, Sobeys, working in the deli with a bunch of six-year-old European women. They used to call me the bum because I'd walk around and I I like to whistle when I walk around right. and work. Right. And apparently, uh, a couple of them were from Russia. Right. And they said, in Russia, if you whistle, that means you're a broke asshole. <laughs> and if you've got your hands in your pockets, no one's fucking you. Because they know you're a piece of shit. Which I think is really funny because it's so natural to put your hands in your pockets. Yeah. I'm going to whistle. i got a song in my head. I'm actually, I feel really good. No, you're a piece of shit. You're a dirty piece of shit. Jesus Christ, lady. Oh, my God. Calpost is crushing it here in the living room of the Yuck Yucks apartment. It, uh, man, that, oh, Jesus, cramming, I'm crying over here. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty interesting reality check when you're working in a deli with a bunch of European women. <laughs> yeah, I quickly moved up. I, could, I, <laughs> I did it for long enough where I didn't feel like a man yeah. at all. Oh, my Every God. day put on a plastic apron. And I found myself gossiping about other people in the store, and I was like, "What the fuck am I doing?" I'm becoming part I do of the not group here. Care about Paulette at all in produce? Why am I talking about her fucking marriage right now? Oh, that's brilliant, man! So I got them. They moved me. I ended up being a full time uh, in their grocery department, shipping, receiving. Okay, okay, yeah, it's not a bad gig. Yeah, they didn't like me. No, no, it was like I, they liked me enough. Like I did, I worked hard. Right. I've, you know, especially physical labor. I like physical labor. Yeah. Because um, you get a lot of creativity out of physical labor. That's true. You move around a lot. It just gets the brain go- And I've always liked it. You think in a different way. Because when you sit down to write and force yourself to think, right. it, it becomes mechanical. It doesn't feel... Natural thing. Where those yeah. things you think of when you're just not paying attention, lifting right. crates, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like, that guy's an asshole. Here's why. <laughs> and just the whole explanation comes right to the forefront. That's dynamite. That's right. true, though, because I've, I've like I've had office jobs where I you know sat in a cubicle for a week or you know whatever, a couple months, and then uh, somebody's like, "Hey, I'm building a porch this weekend. Can you come give me a hand?" Or I'm landscaping a yard. Can you come? And it's 
it feels like it's a couple of days off, man. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're out there. It, yeah, you think you're right. It makes you think of things differently. It makes you uh, look at life a little bit differently. And uh, dude, I, I can also lock into laziness. Okay, no <laughs> you've got the ability to do I, both. I spend an extra. Like, if I'm like, if I wake up at eleven, right. I usually wake up, grab my iPad, read a bit of the news, right? Go make a coffee. Jerk off, but now I'm tired again because I just jerked off. I'll sleep for two hours, and that's the whole day. Now I wake up going, ah, "I wasted, I wasted the whole day." And then, like, you get stressed out about the next one. You're like, "Ah." And then someone calls me, like, "Hey, you want to come help me move tomorrow?" No, <laughs> I'm busy. Man. I really liked my morning today. <laughs> I think I'm gonna do that again. But once, oh. yeah, you get. I, I in Vancouver, I just climbed uh, the grind, the grouse grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Uh, was a lot of fun. I think I saw an Instagram post by you about that. Yeah, yeah. You're taking some pictures of it, the first. Because I've heard people talk like, and it is, it's a pretty basic climb. Right. You know, it's two kilometers, two and a half kilometers, I think, up. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, it's a lot of stairs. Right, right, right. Not, Did they have like the paved kind of pathway going up? Like, not, not paved, paved, but... but yeah, uh, like just stacks of wood almost and right. steps. And yeah, yeah, Other yeah. places had proper steps. Right. So I was like, ah, this is going to be no problem. Because I've, I've been in really good shape for the last couple of years. I right. lost 55 pounds. Holy and, shit. Yeah, yeah. So I've been feeling really good. And I was like, ah, I'll cry. I'm, I, but I feel good for a comedian. Right. <laughs> for the comedian lifestyle. Like, I'm in, I'm in okay shape. You're in the human. upper echelon for comedy. But for comedy a comic, work. I'm a goddamn superhero. <laughs> um, oh, man. So, That's yeah, dynamite. so I did that. I got quarter of the way up the climb and wanted to die. <laughs> I was just sweating, and my friend Camille was with me, and uh, I'm just like, I, I don't want to do this. I don't, but she's a friend of mine. It's like, I can't, and she knows my roommate really well back in Toronto, my buddy right. Hunter, who's amazing. He's so fucking funny. Yeah. But I knew if I didn't do this climb, it would get back to him, and he'd never <laughs> let me live it down. Every time we'd take a staircase in Toronto, he's like, you sure you can make it up, please? <laughs> you sure you can make it? Oh. So yeah, quarter of the way up, I was like, oh, just, all right, keep going. At the, by the time we got to half, I, I was like, my heart's going to stop. And then this like 80-year-old guy just trucking. on crutches comes by. <laughs> I love it when that yeah. happens. Then a guy oh, with no man. legs in a wheelchair. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is happening? A baby crawls by. <laughs> I was like, all right. And by the time I got to the top, I actually felt great. Three quarters up, I felt better than when you started. Than when I started. It's probably like... They, like uh, I just recently started running, uh, believe it or not, and uh, uh, I get like a runner's high at around the 18-minute mark or something like that. I run for like 25 yeah, yeah. minutes The first five minutes, you're like, you made a horrible mistake. <laughs> I can do this later, I promise. I don't believe anyone's actually healthy. No. This, this is not <laughs> healthy. Bullshit. Absolutely. But yeah, I think like you get like that second win and like the endorphins kick in and you, you're like, yeah, I feel pretty good for this second round. Yeah. Is that when it kicked in for you? Yeah. Halfway yeah. up that? Yeah, halfway or up. Or three quarters? Yeah, halfway up. By the time I got to three quarters, like, yeah. And then by that end, I was jogging up the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah excited. The, when you see the end, too, you're just oh, like, yeah. oh, Yeah, it's like you're like, I just climbed fucking Everest, and yeah. it was a t- 2K hike up there. And then you can pay $12 to come down on the gondola. Oh, okay, Or okay. you can take a, this other path that goes all the way around and back down. I was like, I'm not walking anymore. <laughs> Fuck you. I proved my worth. You should the- give me the gondola for free. <laughs> Oh man, that is dynamite! Tell me about when you got into comedy, man. Like uh, you took some breaks. You took some. When did you decide this was going to be it for me? This was. This is what I'm going to do. The year after college, I didn't do it at all. Right. And then I decided to do it again after so long at the Rivoli. 
Mm-hmm. Very popular room in Toronto. It's been around. Kids in the Hall started that room. Oh, wow. Years and years and years ago. So, yeah, it's got some history. And then I met Joanna Downey. Okay. And uh, we hit it off. She was a pro comic, headliner, host, ran, run spirits, ran wow. spirits. Right. Yeah, and we just got along, became a couple, and I started... She had two rooms running, and I did it every week. No way. And she gave me confidence to do it. Right. Because I bombed so much. Yeah. Like, almost every set I did up until then, which, I mean, is under 20 sets. Right. Uh, they were, most of them were bombs. Right. And I just was in a really bad place with stand-up. Sure. And I wasn't even a stand-up. I couldn't even really have called myself a stand-up. Right. I wanted to, but it wasn't. Right. So, yeah, when I met her, she gave me confidence and stage time. Two very important things. Yeah, yeah. and I always made the joke that uh, comics get into comedy for, to impress women and get, get pussy. Right. Which... Uh, there are comics like that. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. yeah. Which is, oh, if you want to get laid, don't move Do furniture. You'll, you'll fuck more moving furniture. <laughs> Work for a moving company. You'll get way more pussy. You know how many divorced wives you have to move? Absolutely. That's a big, big market if right there. If you're in it for pussy, go that way. <laughs> go that You'll route. look great from lifting all the furniture all the time. You'll have the six-pack. Divorced moms will lose their shit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You talk to them while you're moving their stuff. And, oh, oh really? yeah. He left you? Flex. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, exactly. moving the big glass thing. <laughs> I always wanted to make my pecs dance. I don't know how I can fucking... I don't know if that's a genetic thing. Like, it's like lifting your eyebrow. I think every guy... Like, I've, I've never wanted to do it, but I think I've tried it multiple times in the mirror trying to be like, yeah, trying to get this shit rolling off. It's just my titties jumping around all the time. Can't do it. I don't, I don't think I can have that ability. How did you lose I'd 55 give, pounds, give, man? Ooh, gym, yeah. Just hitting the gym? Hit the gym five days a week and just wow. ate chicken and salad. Yeah. That's yeah, all I ate. I'll do it to for you. like six months. Dropped it. <laughs> but it goes crazy. with the same way I save money. When I want to do something, just it's like, all right, it's just like it. this. And I'm not a big food person. Right. Uh, I don't know how to cook much. Right. So when it came to just like you have to eat the same thing every day, yeah. like, I really, okay, I can do that. <laughs> I don't really give a fuck. Least to me, most planning. food you put in your face is just fuel. Right, right. Wait for those to go by? Yeah, we could. Or it's probably, our building's probably on fire. I remember being on a here. bus and I pissed someone off. It was me and a buddy and then other people were sitting around and this cop and ambulance go by. And I just, I was in a really bad mood. And I just go, well, somebody's dying. <laughs> and then this, over like and a this, gem. This, you know, middle-aged woman turns to me and she goes, actually, someone's being saved. Oh. And I immediately was like, Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe someone's saved. being saved. Definitely someone's dying. They don't send that shit unless someone's dying. And they might be saved, but I'm more right than you are. Oh, man. That is dynamite. What, what, have, your, what have your parents thought? What have your family thought about you getting into comedy? It's not the most secure line of work. Oh, they, have, they, they can't say anything. <laughs> they can't say anything about money. They never had any. My dad was a musician. He... And he had to do the same job, but fucking lift instruments all the time. Right, right. So, yeah, he, of course he can't say anything. Yeah. Uh, my mother, she worked part-time, full-time, just uh, Joe Jobs her whole life. Right. Tim Hortons and shit like that. She was right. that one. You know, you're right. walking to Tim Hortons, like, who works here? <laughs> my mom. <laughs> but then she tried to better herself, and she went and got an education, uh, went to the police academy. Wow. Was going through the steps to become a cop. And she was doing really well, and then she was in an accident, and she wasn't. She had to be on disability from then on. Oh no! Her way. accident was bad enough that yeah, she could never work she could, again. She can do it. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. What about your brothers and sisters? Are they? Uh, 
Ugh, they're all over the place. Are they? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what my older sister does. I've only ever met her once. Right. My younger brother lives in Edmonton. Right. And he works in iron. And that guy is awesome. Yeah? He is, yeah, he's a workhorse. Yeah. He loves his hobbies. And he doesn't expect his hobbies to make him any money. That's where we differ. <laughs> but he told me once, he says, I don't know how you live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how you work every day. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? Dynamite, man. Did he come out to watch watch your show? I do Edmonton next weekend. Oh, next weekend. Yeah, him and his girlfriend and some of their friends, I hope. Yeah, they're going to come out. I'm headlining, too, so it should be a lot of fun. That's badass, man. So as a a comedian, someone who who writes tons of material, and you know, obviously when I came in here, you were writing, and you got lots of projects. I did that for your benefit. I (laughs) I need some props. Look, I'm a real comedian. (laughs) It's just pictures of dicks. I was like, wow. I was like, he's very disciplined. That's amazing. That's great. Uh, Are you – I mean, obviously, I've I've seen some of your comedy. Are are you – would you say that observational-wise, are you the kind of guy that – do you have to be – do you have to set aside time to sit down and actually write? Or are you no. the type of guy to just like see it on the fly and type it into your phone, like make a note of it? Yeah, if I have a thought, it's just a note in the phone. Right. But I'm fortunate I run an open mic in Toronto. I run Spirits now. Right. So that's a new 10 I got to do every week because we have regulars. So you got to put up with my same bullshit. <laughs> and I like that. It, it chal- it's really challenging for me. I'm off. I'm not even close to the doing the best on the show right? because of how new it's got to be and the chances I have to take as a host versus somebody just doing their act when they come in. Sure. But uh, that's where all my writing gets done. Yeah. Usually it's in crunch time. Really? Half hour before the show, me going, I have nothing to fucking talk about. <laughs> and I'm going through my notes like, what did I jot down this week? My butthole hurts. Like, that's it. That's all I wrote. What does that even mean? Who was that too? Oh, man. Uh, as far as... Uh, we, we've talked about some of the great, great comics, man. Louis C.K., George Carlin, uh, you know, obviously guys I like I like how Mary's. quickly Louis became. He, it was just like, it's like, like nobody that, knew 03, him. And then all of a he sudden, was just regularly popular. Yeah, he had his own show for a long time, and then like nobody really paid so in, attention in to him. in about it. a decade, in 10 years, he went from practically no one knowing him to him being up there with the like, top four of all time. Yeah, he made, he made history. And Cro- so. Cosby gave him a space. <laughs> <laughs> They pulled Cosby out, and they can just put Louie right in. Exactly. That was a brilliant move. They're like move. the Sith. There can only be four at a time. <laughs> One of them has to, has to bomb and fail hard at life. Before it's a Star Wars joke for people who are going to see the new movie and not learn anything. <laughs> yeah, no, he did skyrocket, man, and he definitely uh, no, he just, he's, he took he's, that. He's a monster. He's a brilliant, absolutely. But it gives me, it gives me hope to? that uh, anyone can be that, though. Right. Because it did take him that long to get there. To get there. Yeah. He was always considered an amazing comic from, you know, his early 20s and on when he started. Right, right. Um, but I, mean, I, don't, maybe, I don't know if maybe people just didn't appreciate the wit or, or appreciate well, the humor. He was working on TV. He was directing movies. He was working that's on true. shows. He was doing lots of stuff. Stan, like, he needed to pay for his kids and stuff. Right. I don't want to turn this podcast into a biography on Louis C.K., but... <laughs> but uh, no, it's good that, that, you know, there's some type of a, uh, there's some type of a, uh, of a, of a person that you can refer to in the industry is that, you know, I mean, that person has made it, but they've also had to, you know, obviously, uh, you know, take their licks coming up. He put a lot of time in the industry. Is that something that, that interests you as far as, I mean, obviously you're talking about writing for like a web series and doing stuff like that. Is that where you eventually want to go? No, no I want to stay in stand-up. You, want, you, li- you like stand-up? Stand-up's stand-up. the best. I love stand-up. You do? Um, and there's just nothing like it. Right. That interaction mixed with, it's, 
if it was if it was fighting, it'd be bare knuckle boxing. Like it's, right, right. It's as raw as you can get. Yeah, it's raw. There's nothing in between you and a people in the people you're talking to. Right. You know, the the rush, the uh, it's all on you too. That's what I love about it. Yeah. You could you could fail miserably, and it might be your fault, and you got to own that. Right. When it's amazing, that's you too. So you get to own that. Yeah. So the ego goes up and down. You still get uh, nervous before shows. Uh, I do, but it's not. It doesn't feel the same. Right. Not the same nervous. I, I get industry. more fucked up now before a show if I don't get to do my rituals. Right. That Which are what? 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 What are some of these? Uh, well, it used to be having a smoke up until two weeks ago. Right. I half hour. I had it fucking all timed out. <laughs> half hour before the show, go out and have a butt. Right. Go over some notes. Think about stuff. Right. Go back in, chit chat with some of the comics till about ten two. Right. Go back out, have a smoke. Come back in because I always want to watch the host. Right. Uh, just see who they talk to. Or sometimes the host is me, and I right. go up. If I'm not the host and I'm middling or headlining, uh, within 10 minutes I back out for another smoke. Right. And then that's the last one until after my set. Wow. And then after my set, if it goes amazing, I have a celebratory cigarette. And if it goes bad, I have a I feel bad for myself cigarette. <laughs> You're smoking like a pack during a performance then. I smoke more at night, yeah. Wow. But then I got this little machine here. Yeah, I've been checking this thing out here. What is this? What this is, is an e-cigarette, one of those vaporizer things. What is it? What's in the top there? Some type nicotine of and oil. Wow! Some and has it of, helped? They call it juice. Juice. Yeah. How, has it helped you? Because aren't they talking about banning some of these things now? Or yeah. Because the problem is they're all flavored. Oh, okay. This is okay. chocolate chip cookies or some bullshit like oh, that. Shit. And they, yeah, they taste fine. Yeah. But uh, you know, lobbyists or not lobbyists, the opposite. Uh, moms. Right. <laughs> I'm always. I always assume it's just moms. <laughs> Whenever Big organizations pass, of moms. Yeah, whenever there's bylaws passed, just picture moms with pins <laughs> and fucking their hair on rollies like they're from the 50s. <laughs> so, like, well, hey, maybe they're the, the, the new counterculture now, the moms uh, organizations. Oh, man. I don't know when. When do we have to raise everyone else's fucking kids? In Toronto, they just ban smoking on patios. Right. And, you know what? I'm fine with that. Right. To a degree. Right. It started because they wanted to ban smoking in playgrounds, in children's playgrounds. And I was like... Who the fuck smoking in children's playgrounds? That was what I said. I go, why does this have to be a fucking law? Who needs to be told? Hey, don't blow smoke in that kid's face. What? There's no law against it. Fuck you. That, who are these psychos? So I wasn't smoking in playgrounds anyway. I wasn't hanging around in playgrounds. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a second. Are you hanging out in playgrounds? Um, so... They wanted to pass that, which that's, to me is an easy pass, but right. they always tried, whenever they try to pass something, they add on a bunch of shit. Sure. So when, it went children's playgrounds and patios. Right, right. And when you add patios to that, I would have been like, ah, we need to talk. No. <laughs> the patios thing, I like a beer and a cigarette. Uh, but as soon as you say no, it's like, what, you want children to get cancer from all the people smoking in playgrounds? <laughs> Why do they have to be together? Let's separate them. They don't have to be the same place. Oh, you must remember growing up and, and being in restaurants where smoking was still loud, man. Dude, I remember buying smokes for my mom, $4 a pack, when I was five years old. Yeah. I'd yeah. walk down. To yeah, the my mom store. would write a note. Or no, a my dad would write a in note. Bare feet. Yeah, yeah. Like a ah, dude. <laughs> like a miniature homeless person. Yeah, 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 yeah. My dad used to write a note, and then eventually I was just like, I can write these notes myself. That guy doesn't even fucking read them. He just knows to hand me a pack of Winston's. They took me a couple of notes, that after that I could just order them. <laughs> say, for your mom? Yeah, I'm ten. <laughs> Bootlegging outside. But then the, the, the first laws came out about uh, 
not the first laws, but they really started being serious about the being right. ni- eight, 19 or older. Selling the miners. Yeah. yeah, yeah, selling the miners. And they, we got busted. A few people got busted in our town. No way. Yeah, in our little town of 200 people. They send in, like, these undercover cops? Or, like, oh, they're not even they? cops. They're just... They just send in... They're, like, security. Plain, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and they just send them out, and they catch people. And they find them, and then... Yeah. Uh, my mother did that briefly. She, did she? Yeah, she was a fake shopper in a grocery store. Yeah. Catching people who steal. No way. She just walk around, pretend to put shit in. Yeah, yeah. I always thought it'd be so funny if she just stole the shit she was fake putting in. <laughs> Ends up being the biggest kingpin of yeah. stolen goods, the one hired to protect the store. That's a brilliant... Uh, there you go. That's a brilliant uh, plot. Yeah, stand up, stand up's the best. It's so much fun. Is there? Is there any... any is, I mean, obviously, you know... Uh, some people have a difficult time living check to check. I mean, and not necessarily check to check, but uh, I just don't in plan a sense, to be living check to check. <laughs> no, no, forever. No. But I mean, like uh, you know, obviously, with with jobs comes security, and with security comes the ability to relax a little bit and say, okay, I can, you know, I can get a mortgage, I can lock myself into a car, I can do all these things. I do stand up uh, though. What's more relaxing? But but I mean, but I mean, is there is there any is there anything inside of you that's like? Does this come with a pension? Does this come with a oh security? yeah? But that's like, only because there... yeah. But that's like recently I've you know because I am I just hit my early thirties right. So now the uh, that voice in my head is like you want a family, <laughs> you want to make another you. That's what you want to do in your future at all, kids. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not putting a lot of pressure on myself. I right. Got to find a mare, a brood mare. Uh, I don't know, because I, I was just, uh, I think when you do stand-up long enough, right. and I'm still right in the middle of it, right. but uh, I can already feel it starting to happen. Uh, stand-up lifestyle is very crazy. Late nights. Yeah. Um, you're seeing tons of people all the time. Right. Shaking hands with lots of people. Like, the whole thing is a very chaotic lifestyle. Sure. Uh, mixed with no real... Uh, schedule. There's no stringent schedule to it. Right. And you need that a little bit. Yeah. It's what keeps you grounded. For sure. So I think that, that's the other part of the family thing. It's like, I don't want to get lost in this stand-up world. Right. I, I do. You want to be able to relate to a crowd who are just regular people, and there's a part of me that really wants to also be a regular person. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to live in a basement apartment my whole life with a dude roommate. <laughs> not the best. Not I'm 31 and already I'm like, I don't... My buddy I live with is awesome. I can't imagine living with anybody else if right. I have to. Right. But at the same time, it's like, I'm an adult. I can't. I'm an adult. Like, I'm actually feeling like that, too. <laughs> if you're all whole 20s, you can, you can still play like you're a teenager. Right, right. And knowing everyone's expect, like, no one respects 20-year-olds. And when no one respects you, you can do whatever the fuck you want. That's <laughs> very true. But as soon as you, you want some respect, right. like, well, I got to be respectable then. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, yeah, there's part of me that wants just a regular life for the sake of having one. Are you are you pretty happy sticking in Canada? Do you have aspirations to get down to the states? I do, but uh, I haven't even come close to conquering this country. Right. So if I can't do it here in this smaller market, right? Then why go to a bigger one? Right. Are you are you one of the people that believe that uh, ultimately that's where you need to be? No, not anymore. No. No, with how the internet and everything's moving. Right. Things like Netflix and how they do shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, the the digital world stops there from being borders. It stops. I mean, there still is obviously like going down there. Like a bunch of my friends just moved down to L.A. Right. There are perks to it. Sure. And possibilities still that you know they're going to hunt for. 
but it's not stand-up related. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, being in TV, trying right. to do that thing. That's a fucking different game all by itself. The dedication you need to be an actor right. is unreal yeah. and not appreciated. Right. The days of fucking having to work at night, right. usually waitress, waiter, bar, like yeah. whatever you got to work, waking up every day, going to auditions, where people walk, you walk in, it's like, they just don't like your hair. Right. And it's like, no, you haven't even said anything. <laughs> And you go to another one, you it walk like in, that, you yeah. act your heart out, and it's your passion. You really hit it, and like, nah, but your chin's a little off. <laughs> no. Like, I can't imagine the pain. Yeah. How do they not just all kill themselves? I don't know, man. It's such a rough game. That is a rough game. At least stand-up, it's, it's, you get the chance. Right. You just get the chance. Yeah. Without doing anything. Yeah. Just by signing up as an open micer, exactly. you're getting the chance. If you fail, it's on you. Right. That's awesome, man. What do you got coming up? Where can people catch you next? You just you just uh, just here in Calgary at the Yuck Yucks Club. You performed with Sean and uh, yeah, that was a blast. Yeah, Calgary he's, Club he's is really great. great man. You know, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a great, great club. And we did five shows, and Holy at this time shit. of year, that's almost unheard of. Yeah. So how does that work? You do like a what? A, a two shows on Saturday. Yeah, uh, one Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday. Two Friday as well. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, the late shows are always a ruckus. They're, yeah, and they, they do a great job over there promoting and packing the place up. And every time I go there, it's a full house. Yeah. That's I have no complaints of that club. That club's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Edmonton's going to be a bit different, but we right. talked about what Edmonton is. Yeah. It's going to be fun. What happens after Edmonton? What's well, up I get to Cal go back. Post? I've been out on the road for almost a month, yeah. so it'll be, I'm going to go home and relax. How much time off do you get in between? As much time as as you want. Well, I'm in charge of my career, so right. I'm if I'm off for a week. I'm, you know, are you off for a week? Where can people find you? Uh, You've got I to where I put my fucking calendar in my goddamn phone. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Oh shit! I don't have anything coming up for a while. I don't know. I have to get on the phone. Uh, end of July, I'm in Mississauga at the Yucky Yucks in Mississauga. Oh, very nice. Very Unless they nice. heard this podcast, and then maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> the subsequent uh, show with Galbos has been canceled. Um, people can find you on Twitter. Why don't you blast out your Twitter? Ooh, at CalPost. At CalPost. Yeah, and, I have a uh, podcast every Monday. Yeah, which is a great show, by the way. Oh, it's really fun. You listen to any of them? I've heard of it. Yeah. I've never listened to one. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the habit of listening to my own work. To though. your own stuff? No? Yeah, no. K. Trevor Wilson is a phenomenal Canadian comic. Yeah, yeah. him and I do it together, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's just an hour and a half. I do a news segment off the top, very right. weekend update style. Yeah, yeah. I but I can it, just curse and swear because it's yeah. a podcast, so who gives a fuck? <laughs> and then we just do either, depending on who we have as a guest, we never talk about the guest. <laughs> ever, never, ever. We never ask them about their career, what's going on. It's like, so there's this fucked up thing <laughs> going on. Yeah, what yeah. do you this think? This guy has two dicks. What do you think about that? <laughs> two dicks. That's actually refreshing, yeah. though, you know? And then it's everyone refreshing. has the same joke. Well, he should have sex with the girl with three tits from Total Recall. Because <laughs> then he can have titty fucker. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and uh, where do you prefer people to go? Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I got my website, your too. Your website, calpost.ca. Calpost. .ca. We will uh, definitely put the links up there. That, has, that just has my tour dates, really, and where right. I'm going to be. Right. I'm horrible at updating that shit, but I'll do better. I promise, <laughs> everybody. Um, I like seeing people. If you want to see me, don't go online. Come out to see go me. Out to uh, the club. Spirits every Wednesday. I run my host there, and it's a blast. We got pros, amateurs. It's been running for 19 years. That's incredible. Yeah. It's a big responsibility. That's incredible, man. I got to do better. <laughs> well, it seems like you're doing really, really well right now, man, and uh, thanks for doing this. Oh, no problem, man. 
All right, there you have it, the Cal Post interview. And maybe one day we'll release the Cal Post secret tapes. Who knows? Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And, uh, yeah, great conversation, great guy. Go check him out, Cal Post. He is another up-and-coming Yuck Yucks headliner. So that's it. Make sure to check us out on Twitter, at Yuck Yucks. And make sure to use the hashtag YYCP so we know it's the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast you're listening to, people. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter as well, at Jake Hirsch EG. On behalf of myself, Mr. Mark Breslin, Kira Williams, Fatima Mohammed, and all the gang at Yuck Yucks. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.